Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. We are up to episode 15, um, taking on a national story and how it really trickles all the way down into our personal lives. Um, th- this is a-, a topic I can't wait to get into. And we're, I'm going to start it with the national story and see and show you how national news really is about everybody and the world around us right now and where we are. Uh, and I'm talking about the CIA torture report. Um, for those of you that don't know, the um, Congress released this report on the CIA treatment of detainees during the last, I guess you would say, 12, 13 years since 9-11 and throughout the war in Iraq and Afghanistan in an attempt to try to battle terror throughout the world. Um, I have to tell you right now, I have to question, I have to seriously question, first off, the motives of releasing this report. As far as who was the mastermind behind saying, you know what, now is the best time to release this report, and here's why. I would love to have that question answered because for the life of me, I cannot justify the release of this report. And our country throughout our history has been known to hold back reports, information, for timing purposes, look at the Warren Commission report with regards to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. It was sealed for, what, 40, 50 years. Okay, no one was to know what's in the Warren Commission report uh, until basically everybody that was involved or had knowledge of or was part of the Warren Commission was dead. So basically the way to cover themselves in the issuance of the report was, let's say it's not going to be issued until pretty much everyone's dead and no one can be questioned about it. So we're known for not issuing reports in a timely manner or just the opposite, for issuing reports at the proper time. I have to question the intention and the motives behind the people that found it necessary to issue this report now. That's my first issue. Second issue comes with regards to the information contained in this report, which basically goes to the treatment of terrorists and members of terror organizations that were captured during our war on terror. Now, our war on terror is very different from any war we've ever fought. And listen, while while I am not a quote-unquote historian, my background with regards to history and knowledge of history, I told you in previous podcasts, um, I have a law degree from New York Law School, went to Fordham undergrad. I was an accounting major. A couple years ago, studied for and took the praxis exam to allow me to teach high school history and social studies in the state of New Jersey, passed on the first shot. Um, There really is no course, there really is no study manual that you can look to to help you pass an exam. Most praxis exams are taken by college kids right out of school and with the hopes that you retain enough information. I am what you would call a history buff. I am a person that really enjoys, I watch the History Channel, I read history, 
Um, I try to keep up with as much information about our past as it would relate to our present, potentially the future, just as my own source of fun, my downtime reading, whatever you want to call it. So that's where I'm coming from with regards to my knowledge of history and how it relates to this topic. If you look at pretty much every war, and I challenge any of you out there to find different circumstances, with regards to our American history, dating back to English settlers and Indians, our own Civil War, French and Indian War, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, name even the battles where we had incursions in Nicaragua, wherever it may be. The, world, the wars that I have seen worldwide or the battles I've seen worldwide, whether it even be, again, the Falkland Islands between England, Argentina, wherever you want to find battles around the world, historically, for the most part, enemies have been able to identify themselves as belonging to a nation, having an allegiance or an alliance to a nation, being identified by uniform, by national flag, by something where you know who's on which side. That is not what we are dealing with in this situation. And how did we get to this place to begin with? We got to this place based on our CIA failures leading up to 9-11. There was plenty of intelligence gathered prior to the events of 9-11, plenty of warning signs that were ignored. The threat that was Osama bin Laden was well-known and well-established throughout the Clinton administration. And again, this is not a finger-pointing exercise. I'm just pointing out this was well-known throughout the Clinton administration. It was also known how and why this started dating back to Reagan and our involvement in the Afghan-Russia conflict that was fought in the mountains of Afghanistan for years and years and years throughout the 80s. Our involvement with supporting the Afghan rebel fighters against Russia by covertly providing Stinger missiles to help shoot down their helicopters because helicopters was really their only means of being able to fight on, in that terrain. It's a, a incredibly difficult terrain to fight in, as we have come to learn, ironically enough. So our involvement in Afghanistan that triggered the events leading up to 9-11 start in the 80s with our involvement, our withdrawal, and ultimately turning our back on the Afghan people once Russia decided on pulling out, and the animosity that built throughout the first Bush and became very well known during the Clinton administration. Plenty of intelligence. None of it acted upon. Then we get 9-11. 9-11 was undoubtedly a terror attack carried out on civilian lives with no discrimination. This was not a December 7, 1941 Japanese attack on a military base. And listen, I am by no means justifying or trying to say 
what Japan did was right under any circumstance. It was a sucker punch. It was a sucker punch that killed many military lives. However, however, I will justify the difference between the two by saying there was a rather large war going on in all of Europe and Northern Africa involving Germany, England. Perhaps at that point we were already involved by providing military in some form or another. Japan and this, you know, and, and all of the events that happened in that short window of time in 1941 really jump us into the war full force. Again, it was a military action taken out against another military base. 9-11 was an attack on civilians. Again, people of all races, religions, backgrounds. Basically because they were in a place that symbolized American capitalism. This was the purpose of the attack. To strike at America's capitalism... By crashing two planes into a building that many of those people, I have to tell you, didn't necessarily represent the greed that is this country. But whatever, that was their intention. The other target that was hit was the Pentagon, which was clearly a military operation, clearly a place where our military sits gathers intelligence, and acts upon it around the world. In fact, if you look at the way a lot of 9-11 was presented to our nation, you rarely see the images of the Pentagon. Now, that's for national security purposes, but it's also because, again, it wasn't about civilians at the Pentagon. It was about civilians in lower Manhattan. It was about civilians in a plane that crashed in Pennsylvania that we don't know what the ultimate target was. Many believe it was the White House or another target in Washington, the Capitol building. We'll never know. So you have a terror group not affiliated with a country without a doubt getting tremendous financial support, tremendous backing from some countries in the Middle East, without a doubt, and parts of Asia, Pakistan, who knows, Afghanistan, you know, whoever's harboring these terrorists that haven't identified themselves either. So basically, our government, our military, our intelligence is playing hide and seek with this enemy. And I'll I'll go further. If you look at the videos of these terror groups, when they carry out their actions, Osama bin Laden, for all of his mastermind behind the 9-11 attacks, after they occurred, basically ran and hid from the United States. This is their leadership. Run and hide. Strike, run, retreat, hide. Strike and hide. This is what we're battling here. This is not a straight fight. This is not someone coming at us in a straight fight. So 
the battle and the rules right off the bat have changed. When they take action against civilians, look at the manner in which they do it when they do take a stand by beheading a reporter. Again, for all of their bravado, for all of their muscle flexing and showing their ruthless nature of sawing a man's head off with a knife, when they do it, notice their faces are covered. They're wearing hoods. This is the enemy we're fighting. Someone that is so committed to their cause, yet so afraid to put their face and their name on who and what they are. It's the ultimate coward act. It's the drive-by shooting. It's the person who takes action and never shows you who they are. It's the anonymous email. It's the anonymous letter. These are the type of people we are acting against. They kill civilians. They attack people that are not military. They kill innocents. This creates a different set of rules. Now, the people that are involved in these Guantanamo Bay prison camps and their treatment. Let's go over prison camps throughout history. There were times prison camps and the treatment of soldiers in are, you know, going back to Europe and crusades and things like that and and you know the the treatment of uh, slaves in the Roman Colosseum, very barbaric. Things changed in the 20th century and became much more civilized. And we actually have agreements in place to protect soldiers that are captured and the treatment of soldiers that are captured. Prison camps, I'm not talking concentration camps in World War II, that's completely different. I'm talking about prison camps which my reading of United States history, we had prison camps in the United States during World War II. We had prison camps, it's my understanding, throughout Colorado and the western part of our country with regards to Japanese prisoners. That's at least my understanding. Are they, are they well documented? No, because again, our, our American history, we tend to release information when it's convenient for us, except in this situation. The treatment of soldiers captured even in Germany, American soldiers, English soldiers, whoever was fighting on the Allied side that was captured, Canadian otherwise, were put into prison camps. Now, much like a jail, they were detained. At the end of the war, signing of the Geneva Convention, the prisoners are released. Look at the drastic change from the end of World War II, 1945, to then what happens in Vietnam, only 20 years later. Now we have prisoners being tortured in Vietnam. The rules are beginning to change. The treatment of soldiers, very different. And we have John McCain on the House floor telling us every opportunity he gets about the way he was treated and about how inhuman it was. The rules have changed. With the war we are fighting, a very unconventional war, 
against a very unconventional enemy, an enemy that will not show themselves, an enemy that will not identify themselves, an enemy that runs and hides, an enemy that masks themselves. The supporters of that enemy, which refuse to show themselves, which I wonder if our intelligence doesn't really know who it is, and yet we support those governments. This is the type of battle we are fighting. And I have to tell you, from what I have seen of the CIA report, the little I have read, one, I have no problem with any method that the CIA deems to be necessary to fight this type of ruthless, barbaric enemy. I feel no remorse towards any of the people that we have captured who were part of the type of genocide that they are seeking to carry out against innocent civilian lives for their own purpose and gain or as a mercenary for those that are funding them. I'm sorry. I don't I didn't blink an eye. I didn't have a moment's remorse. I didn't have a moment's hesitation of what are we doing. Not a moment. Now, here is the problem with my my major problem with the release of this report. One, without a doubt, this is being done to gain some type of political advantage. And if it is, this is the ultimate disgusting act that I have seen our government carry out. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to follow this story now because if I find out in my own research and it becomes known through the media that this was an action taken out by either political party, it's going to be very difficult for me to ever walk into an election booth and pull a lever for that side because what you are trying to do whoever is behind this report, is now vilify the United States, Central Intelligence, and worst of all, our troops for the actions that they deemed necessary to protect us against this vile enemy. This is an absolute act of treason. Absolute, in my mind, act of treason against our own government, people, and country. Especially if it's being done for a political advantage. Our troops have been fighting the longest overseas war in the history of our country. A war that started on basically 9-11. A war that was declared on us on 9-11 continues to this day we have since been spread thin in iraq a country we probably had no business invading we have been spread thin in afghanistan going into pakistan trying to hunt down these terror organizations spread thin throughout the middle east northern africa with all the incursions and things going on our troops are coming back suffering from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We have had 
more troops die from suicide than from combat injuries because of the length of this war, because of the type of war they are fighting, because of the unconventional nature of these battles. And now you issue this report on soldiers that have been going through this for 13 years and put them on high alert. That is absolutely disgusting. And all I ever see on Facebook and social media, support the troops, support the troops, support the troops. If you are one of the people that is looking at what is going on in our government saying this is disgusting. Look, see, here we go again. Police choking out, you know, black citizens and our government is doing it to Arabs around the world. If you are drawing that parallel, you really need to become better informed because you're ignorant, uninformed, and lack a lot of intelligence in being able to separate news stories. If this CIA report has been issued to divert the attention away from what's going on in Ferguson and with Eric Garner in Staten Island because Obama's approval rating with regards to dealing with race issues has dropped. This is the ultimate despicable, disgusting act. It really is because all you've done is justify retaliation by these individuals we continue to play hide-and-seek with. So bad enough they've been doing this throughout the last 13 years, but now you issue this report, and now they say, aha, you see, they're no better than us. You know what this is? This is in, in hockey and football and in sports. You don't see the first penalty. You see the retaliation and say, oh, there's, there's the, the person we're going to punish. This is the same thing. Only we've seen the 9-11 attack. Now we vilify ourselves, and then now now they're going to spread this. Let me tell you, ISIS is going to get a hold of this. All of the Middle East countries that are anti-American are getting a hold of this and say, you see the way they treat us, the great America. Look, we were right. They are the great Satan, the great Satan of the world. Look at the way they treat military prisoners, which is such a misnomer. These are, I'm sorry, these are not military prisoners. These are terrorists. These are criminals looking to basically take out one action, wipe out civilian lives for their own benefit and somehow for them to profit. Because make no mistake, they're somebody's mercenary. They are definitely somebody's mercenary. Now, I'm going to relate this national story to everyone's private life because this is what ultimately the point of this podcast is. My question to everyone out there is this. Is there nothing sacred anymore? Truly and honestly. is I mean, look at what we see every day on Facebook and on social media. And it, it really makes me wonder... Is there anything private anymore in anybody's life? I I think there are some things that should be kept private. And I think a lot of people agree. I think a lot of people see other people's posts and are like, I mean, come on, really? Did we need to know that? To me, 
this CIA story is one of those instances. As a citizen of the United States, I don't need to know everything our government does. And our government surely picks and chooses when they let us know. This is one of those moments, like the Warren Commission report, talking about how we assassinated our own president. This is one of those things that should have been sealed until this quote-unquote war on terror is somehow resolved. Same thing, though, in private lives and in, in social media. And I saw a story today. Um, Angelina Jolie apparently was going to do a film, um, a movie about Bill Gates. And the, one of the executives in the production company did, wanna, did not want to work with Angelina Jolie and wrote an email how Angelina Jolie was basically a spoiled, bra- a spoiled brat with um, moderate talent. You know, basically she was an untalented spoiled brat and I don't want to work with her. And this email, internal email, was leaked. So now it is all over the internet. And it's there for everyone to see. And I have to tell you, I have seen this as a lawyer in many situations, in many cases, where people send text messages Private emails, emails that really make it clear this is personal and confidential. This is a personal personal and confidential matter. Please don't share with anyone. And yet, I see it shared all the time. I see websites that actually will post, got a message from someone today told me to keep it private, but this one is just too good to keep private. You know, we've gone from a place where we don't speak anymore to one another because of texting, because of messaging, and everything is, you know, via text and message because, God forbid, we have an actual conversation with someone. And now we're at a point where... Putting everything in writing has become a danger. Where, what are we left with in terms of communication in this country? You can't send an email. Even if you put personal and confidential, you can't do it. You can't send a text message because it's going to be shared. I mean, if you look at the thing with Angelina Jolie, look up uh, Sony scandal. Producer called Angelina Jolie, quote, spoiled brat. And, I mean, you know, you're talking about Scott Rudin, R-U-D-I-N, who is, you know, a, a prominent producer. You know, again, why, why are we going to try to now take this guy and put him in a battle with Angelina Jolie in something that was internal and private? Who is the person that's going to gain from that? Who is the lowlife that had to do this? At Sony. You're a disgusting human being. But I even see it with like cards. I see someone get a card. A birthday card whatever. Got this great card today. They take a picture and they put it on. You know social media. And it's all over the internet. It's all over the internet. If you you toggle around and, and you look at different things on Instagram. 
You know, you'll see people put up pictures of, you know, got, got this gift, got this. If someone sent you a card, listen, if, if that person's on Facebook and you're on Facebook, they could have very easily posted on your wall, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. If someone took the effort to send you a card, I'm assuming their intention was to keep it private. It's the same way with gifts. You know, people are constantly taking pictures of gifts and look at how much I'm loved. Look at what I got today. Now, I mean, come on, man. And listen, you know what? It's great. And, and as a comedian that does a joke, I'm trying to remember who it is. He talks about um, women getting flowers. And where do women want to get flowers? You want to get it at work. So this way, all the other women in the office can see. So you could be like, ha look, bitches, somebody loves me. And this is what we've become. We've become this country that when someone gives something to you, there's this immediate need to share it and show everyone else how, how loved you are. I mean, that to me is some deep psychological insecurity thing going on. I mean, what is it that nothing is sacred and private anymore in this country? What is it with people? Why can't, I mean, there's a rule amongst attorneys that when you're in settlement discussions, there's a blatant rule. It's, it's out there in the open. You cannot discuss anything that occurs in settlement discussions can't later be brought out at trial. Because the whole point is you want people to be able to speak, negotiate, and try to work out differences without being afraid it's going to somehow be used against them later on. So basically what we're trying to do is say, hey, everybody, you know what? When it comes time to try to work things out, you know what? We can do it in a situation where we'll divulge some things, but it's not going to be used later in order to reach a compromise. Well, we're reaching a place in society today where there is no more safety. There is no more security in private conversations. There's no more security in email exchanges. There's no more security in text messages. And people say, you know what? Be careful what you put in writing. I'm here to tell you, don't be careful about what you put in writing. Plain and simple, stop putting things in writing. Stop putting things in writing. Stop communicating in all forms. And anything that is sent via text, email, written letter, longhand, whatever it may be, unless you are absolutely positively 100% sure, this will not somehow come to incriminate you. And you even got to be careful, as we saw with the situation with the, with the owner of the, the Clippers, um, you even saw... You have to be able, you have to be worried about communications on telephones now. Because when you're talking to someone on the phone, clearly you are talking to them. You are talking to anybody that may be within an earshot, whether it's on speaker or not, or if they're recording it to share with someone else. So now you can't talk to anybody on the phone anymore. Basically, what we've become left with is we have to communicate like criminals and mobsters. We have to communicate like terrorists. We have to communicate like the people 
we are trying to sift out. You see how this whole thing has come full circle? You see how this whole podcast just came full circle? This is what we're doing. We are turning ourselves into the things we hate. We are turning ourselves into the villain. Because we are unable to communicate, now we have to play hide and seek with people. Now we have to meet like mobsters and and in safe locations. And you have to cover your mouth when you talk so no one's reading your lips. We have to whisper to one another. And how annoying is that? How annoying is it when you show up at work and you see two people whispering? How annoying is it that when you walk into a room and there are two people and they look at you and they say, oh, my God, stop talking, stop talking. But you know what? This is what we've become. This is what we've forced one another to become. We have to whisper. We have to talk and we have to qualify our communications by saying, hey, listen, this is between me and you. Can I trust you? Can I trust you're not going to go share this? I mean, how many times do you have to sell somebody? I swear to God, if you tell so-and-so what I'm about to tell you, I'm going to be pissed off at you. I'm telling you, it probably happens at least once a day in your life. But this is what we've become. We've become this country of tattletales. Nothing is sacred. There's no such thing as a secret. There's nothing personal and confidential anymore. Even if you write personal and confidential on it, someone's got to put you on speaker. Someone's got to hold the phone over. Someone's got to forward an email. Someone's got to forward a text. My God. And you know what? Here's the other thing. If you don't know every side of the story, how can you pass judgment? I mean, this CIA report comes out, and I saw one interview with the, the guy who was on CBS that works for 60 Minutes, who was the head of the CIA. I can't think of his name. And the, his first answer was, no, no, the report's wrong. There's a lot of misinformation in that report. Oh, go figure. Go figure. That there's a United States report issued and it contains inaccuracies. Wow. Where have I heard this before? I mean, Jesus, people, where are we, man? We can't talk to anybody. We can't type to anybody. We can't text anybody. We can't do any form of communication with anybody anymore because you have to live in constant fear that someone is going to tattle. Someone is going to rat. Well, let me tell you, you know what? Criminals have a better code than most people that just are operating on a normal daily basis because at least if you're a criminal and you give information, at least there's a threat that you're going to get whacked. Because otherwise, you know, what do you do? Defriend people? Block people? We have really become such a petty group of individuals constantly sharing every little thing. My God, nothing is sacred. We are so voyeur. And yet at the same time, such exhibitionists. We put everything out there for everybody to see. We take pictures every step of the way, put them on Instagram, put them on Facebook. We tweet every little thought. And yet when you try to share something private with somebody, Even that is going to come out. So even though we're trying to expose our own lives, even though Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever, has become our own private, our own personal TV show, 
Then when you want to have a private moment with someone, guess what? Even that gets thrown in your face. Oh, man, we are so disgusting in this country. It is unbelievable. It really is. It's, it's sad. It sickens me. And it's, it's I mean, man, we, th- this is why celebrities, this is why athletes, by the way, run from uh, everyday people when they see them. This is why when some, you see a celebrity, you go up. It is why they have bodyguards. Because you know what? They got to be afraid that if they take a picture with you, how you're going to alter the picture? How are you going to Photoshop the picture? Give me an autograph. You got to be afraid of what you're going to sign. God knows what someone's putting in front of you, what they're going to do with it. You've got to be afraid of communicating and socializing with people on every single level of your life right now because you don't know what the backlash is going to be. You got to be afraid of what you discuss at your dinner table. You got to be afraid of what you do in your bedroom. You got to be afraid of what you do in any area of your house because God forbid you have an argument or disagreement with someone, wind up in a divorce, a breakup, or just get into a fight with somebody. You got to be afraid of what they're going to do with that text, with that email, with that picture, with that private moment. That's how we that's how we're living today. This is the nature of where we are and how we're living today. And I have to tell you, it's absolutely, positively disgusting. It sickens me. And this CIA report is a microcosm of our society. This CIA report is exactly how every one of us is operating our own personal lives. So, you know, when you see something in the news... And you don't think it really relates to you. Or you know what? I can't be bothered by the CIA report. You know what? This is where I'm here to tell you. You know what? It does relate to you. Because the CIA report is nothing more than our government following the lead of the way people live their everyday lives. We're a bunch of tattletales. We're a bunch of gossipers. We're a bunch of wash women. That's what we are, America. Be proud. Our government just put all of us in harm's way. Much like a lot of people out there put everyone else in an embarrassing situation in harm's way because you just can't keep your mouth shut. You just can't keep a secret, can you? Well, we're pretty much going to a place where We're going to all stop communicating. Well, I'm not going to stop communicating. I'm going to keep on doing these podcasts. I had the opportunity to do a Skype session with um, Professor Liz Espinoza's class at Northern Essex Community College this week on Wednesday, December 10th. I absolutely loved it. Um, If you want to get in touch with me and want to ask me questions and Skype with me, um, in, in that type of situation, if you have, you know, you want to get me to talk to your classes, I'll be more than happy to do it. They asked me about my story. They asked me about some of the stuff I've been covering in these podcasts. I love it. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, everybody at Northern Essex Community College. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Vince August. Have a great day.